Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Hundred eighty fifth episode of the Stone Cold Silver podcast. Sandy, did I tell you that I finished watching uh, Uncut Gems the other day? The other day, oh, been like two weeks did. ago now. Yeah, yeah. It took me two sittings to watch it. Um, I watched it while I was like doing dishes and a little bit of time after dishes before I went to bed. And uh, it's a very stressful movie. I know you talked about it before, but uh, first yeah. of all, love love the movie. That was really good. But man, I was stressed out the whole time watching that movie. Like the the break the break that I got because I needed to go to sleep that first day was very welcomed because I was just feeling so much anxiety for the character, and it just didn't seem to let up. And uh, the worst part, and I don't want to like spoil the movie or anything. I'm not giving like a when I guess we we didn't really talk about what we were going to talk about today, but I don't want to spend the whole time talking about this movie, but. The, the ending, like I finally let my guard down and it just made the ending much more impactful on me. It's like, ah, oh, man, yeah. sh- phew, we're yeah. finally there. And uh, yeah, yep. so. It's perfect. It's uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a great way to describe the uh, the movie. It, it honestly just holds you. It sort of like grabs you by the collar and just doesn't let go. Yeah. And... And you're along for the ride. And the Safety brothers, I have to give the Safety brothers so much credit because it's it's it feels like it's really hard or at least rare nowadays to watch a movie where you don't really know the ending. Even when you saw the uh, the trailer, you think you know, but uh, it was nice that it wasn't like you couldn't draw a straight line from the beginning to the end. And what else? Uh, yeah, that. The taut thriller aspect of it was maintained for as long as it was. I think a lot of movies are really good at doing it for like stretches at a time, and then they give you like a, a, a moment to, to relax, and they ramp it back up, and then they relax. And uh, it's it's it was a really good one. It was really good. I really appreciated watching it. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, Happy Father's Day! Uh, thank you. Yeah, first one, first one, for, uh, first one ever, and it's it's something that'll that lasts a lifetime. So it's uh, good Has, to join uh, the club. Did Did Gordon get you a really terrible tie? <laughs> no, we were just talking about this morning, uh, like this morning being like fifteen minutes ago uh, with Lena and her mom. Um, I think her mom was like, "Did you did did Gordon did you did you get Gordon a tie for Reza?" And Lena was like, "No." When was the last time Reza wore a tie? I was like, huh, that's a good question. When was the last time I wore a tie? Thought back. The last time I wore a tie was at the orientation for my new job, which I started July 15th of 2019. So we're just coming up on a year, a year ago now. I haven't worn a tie since. So uh, a tie, a tie wouldn't really be a practical purchase right now, mm-hmm. especially for someone as young as Gordon. You know, you'd have to put a lot of time in to get that money for that tie. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, that's one of the things where I'm, I'm thinking about, and that's, a, that's an interesting transition to, like, this whole work-from-home concept. I've uh, been working from home since March. In the beginning, I was, like, really nervous about it. 
uh, even, even in the beginning, I kept dressing up. I was like, I'm going to wear my regular pants. I'm going to wear my, my regular shirt to work. I should have done that. You know, <laughs> I should have And all tried. that stuff. <laughs> I kept it up for a little <laughs> bit. But now, I mean, now I, I go to... I go to work and I'm on calls at like a tank. Like oh, a, really? Like an athletic tank, shorts. I haven't yeah. done a tank. I haven't done. I'm, I'm not really want to wear tanks around the house, but I should because it's so hot nowadays. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, might start. I, I wear. Yeah, I I almost exclusively in the summertime wear tank tops. I'm just uh, wearing like bumming yeah. shirts, like graphic tees or just like blank tees. Yeah. That's mostly what I'm wearing. I'm on work calls wearing that. Yeah, but uh, I know that. You know, we've, we've talked about this in a bit in the past. Uh, you are scheduled to go back to work in September. Not me. Uh, not scheduled. Yeah. Not scheduled. They they say that that's the earliest that they're thinking that. Earliest. That, yeah, that's the yeah. earliest. But yeah. I think that because I can do my work entirely remotely, I think for me, it, especially given how things seem to be going nowadays, I feel like there's a, a strong chance that they make it those of us who can work from home full time can we can choose when we come back like if we want to come back and i'm going to be one of those people who i'm not going to feel comfortable i'm i i shouldn't say that for such certainty but i i feel like it's unlikely that i'll change how i'm feeling right now it will change how i'm feeling right now and i'll be one of those people staying home for the foreseeable future mm-hmm. yep oh my eggs are done uh give me two seconds <laughs> So Sandy, San, yeah. Sandy boiled some eggs for for his breakfast, and uh, we were well, well aware that it was going to go off in the middle of the recording, but figured we'd do it now. I would narrate through, depending on how long his two seconds is. At this point, it's been going on for about, what, 15 seconds? He's a liar. All right. I, I called you a liar in the meantime. Um, you said two seconds. I was like 20. Well, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, every so every so what happened was I we had this like little like hard boiled egg maker. Um it's like a Hamilton Beach Hamilton Beach like mini appliance and it can cook I think up to eight eggs. I don't know how they settled on eight, but uh I make two and there's like this little like water like beaker that it comes with that it marks like, oh, if you're making this many eggs, you fill the line of this. If you want soft, medium, or hard-boiled, there's like three different like edgings on uh, sets of edgings on the side. And so every morning, I make two hard-boiled eggs, and then I have like an egg slicer, uh, which is one of my favorite like tools in the kitchen. It's like you put the egg in this little like white uh, little tray, and then these like wires come down and you can just like you just sort of like crank it down not crank it just you press it down yeah and so i just i do a, like a cross cut of it uh i do two of those and then i mix in half an avocado uh, a little bit of olive oil uh some cholula pepper and I just like mash that up uh and i put that on like uh two pieces of like toasted rye bread and that's my breakfast rye With bread a cup of coffee rye bread it's been a long time um but hey, that's I love that. Uh, I'm gonna have to watch that again. Um, so yeah, we were trying to figure out scheduling this morning, and I somehow missed your your DM. Uh, and so I just started making breakfast. I was like, maybe he'll I'll just start eating before you you hit me up. But there you have it. Yeah, no, it happens all the time. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's so difficult. You, you miss those slack. You just miss the Slack notifications. You're like, but I'm logged in. Yeah. My phone's right here. Yeah. How did I get this? Why didn't I hear a ping? Yeah, unclear. Unclear. 
uh, so you said that. Are you? So I, I might I might miss this, but uh, are you looking to try and work full time from home? I don't really know what. Uh, it's it's nice working from home because I don't have to take that you know that that two hour nearly two hour commute to work each way. But the the hardest start and the hard stop time, like the, the I I don't work past uh, five when I'm going to the office. Because I gotta leave, I gotta catch the train, I gotta come back. I thought I'd be able to work on the train, but the trains—grand uh, now in this in this day and age, trains are not very crowded. But when I would be leaving the office, especially like if there was something I was in the middle of, I would want to work on. I couldn't get a seat on the train. I'd have to be standing for like half the train ride. And so by the time that like 45 minutes to an hour has passed since I was last sitting at my desk, the desire and urgency to get back to what I was doing is kind of passed. And so. By the time I get home, get going to sleep, eat dinner, it's like nine o'clock. Like I don't really have much time before I need before I need to go to bed. So that's what I miss about going to the office is I was a much more rigid in terms of um, working late and doing more, doing more stuff. Now that I've been working from home, granted because we were a lot closer to our deadline that that we kind of you know, our self-imposed deadline, it was just grinding away. Every day felt like a crunch, and so I'd be working late constantly maybe signing on early and uh while it's been super productive it's it 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 does become a bit uh taxing so as we've hit we've come to the close nearly on this project i'm hoping that things slow down a little bit and maybe i'd feel a little better about the working from home aspect of things but i do miss going to the office for those hard start and stop times but and i also miss the social interactions with my coworkers. Like a lot of times I go into the office, I just throw my headphones, I throw a headphone in and we just kind of be grinding away on the computer. Um, I wouldn't have too many side conversations just because I was, you know, everyone's kind of in their own space doing their own thing. But from time to time, you do have those interactions and those conversations with people. And I do miss that. But yeah, if uh, especially if especially if cases just aren't really eliminated. I would feel a little concerned about hopping on the train and exposing myself every day. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I have a car. However, parking has been really difficult. I, 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 they do these uh, meetings every Wednesday. And I know that one of the biggest topics that's consistently discussed during these meetings is parking because fewer people are taking the train. So despite the fact that there are not as many people going into the office nowadays, um, there are a lot of people who are driving into work especially the essential staff, you know, the people on the hospital side, the people on the research side, that's reduced. But a lot of them are driving instead of taking the train and patients are still coming in. So the patients got to park. So parking has been really difficult. And the if if it would get to the point where I I was eligible to come back, then there's a lot of other people who are eligible, eligible to come back. And so it would become a question of could I find reliable parking each day? Because I would, it would be unlikely that I would want to take the train. And if I couldn't get reliable parking, then I would, I would just be like, yeah, you know what? Forget it. Like if it's not required that I'm here, then mm. yeah, I'd, I'd be better off working from home because I don't really want to hop on the train because yeah, you know, that shared space with people for how long, like I get, I get uncomfortable if I have to go to a restaurant to pick up my, to pick up food, like if I've ordered takeout or something, this has only happened once, but if I take, if I order takeout and I go to a restaurant and I'm standing there waiting to pick up the food and there are people around me and I'm standing there for like five minutes, I'm uncomfortable then. 
I can't imagine. Nervous, yeah, yeah, I can't imagine how I'd feel if I was sitting on a train with people for an hour and a half. Right, and not only that, the main difference being when you're waiting for food, you're still outside. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> right, but now that you're in an enclosed, small enclosed space with people, may or may not be wearing masks, may or may not be wearing their masks properly. It's uh, it's a little tough. Yeah, that's been a really that's been one that that you and I have been calling out since the beginning. It's people that are wearing masks and not wearing them properly. You see people with masks and they're like around their chin. <laughs> I saw a woman yeah. walking through Home Depot yesterday and she had a mask. She had a, her kid in the cart and she's talking to the kid and her mask was like barely was like barely covering her mouth. And then I saw her again and her mask was at her chin. Like she brought it down further. Yeah. I was like, that's not that's not helping. It's not helping you anyone. Know, pe- people, uh, people tend to forget that like this is the moment for us to do our part right you you look back and you're like oh you remember during like world war ii in london during the uh the blitz when you had to basically turn your light out every day before sunset and like you just spent all night in the dark like candles were illegal because the fear was that if german planes could see candlelight then they would know that there's a city there and so you would be you get bombed. And I remember a very famous story. Unsure if it's true, but a woman got fined back then for ironing at night because the the light on her iron was on. Oh, you wow. You could see it through the window. Wow. Now, now this is one of those things. Oh, you got some like blackout perfect, curtains, lady. Dang. Yeah, right? But it's a perfect comparison to what's happening today. I saw a really fantastic cartoon about this. It's like, uh, imagine like a four-story building and then top floor guy uh it's all black and then you hear a speech bubble that says i'm doing my part third uh third floor guy blackout i'm doing my part second floor guy i'm doing my part lights are out but the bottom guy has his lights on and goes everyone else is doing their part that means i don't have to do mine right. and then you see a bomb sort of dropping down it's just like it, uh, thankfully it's not as terrifying as that it's not like every night we're getting bombed by people but the reason why I brought this up is every generation is asked to do something for the greater good. And that means there's sacrifice. And I think nowadays people are so unwilling to sacrifice that it's it's really a shame. And when people say like, oh, you know, if I was alive during that time, I could do this. It's like, well, you're alive right now. And we're asking you if you go outside, if you can't socially distance to wear a mask the right way. Now, granted, I think what's tough, and I'm trying to like hear both sides of this, is well, the CDC first said it was not a good thing to wear a mask, then it was a good thing to wear a mask. Which one is it? You're right. They messed that up, and that's really tough. You only get one chance to like put a statement out there or something. Right. And it seemed we, like we it was a lie we, early on, based off of the yeah. fact that they didn't want people to be going out there and buying all the masks. It seemed pretty. It seemed pretty obvious, though, right? If all the healthcare workers are need to be wearing masks. Seem like other people should be wearing masks too, but right. And you know, we won't get into the fact that we have leadership in this country, like politicizing it. We won't get into that. But it's like if you if you're outside and there's not a lot of people, you don't need to wear a mask. That, that, that makes sense, right? Like if you and Lena are like hiking in the woods somewhere and there's no one there for miles, you don't have to wear a mask. Right. That's that, that's, a, that's like a known fact. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're out on a in a state park 
and there's like a few families around but like everyone's giving each other super wide berth you don't have to wear a mask i i understand that it's again it's a personal preference thing i would wear a mask if i'm outside right now i'm just sort of primed to do that yep makes sense to me um but knowing that you know the official not only cdc guidelines but everything that we've learned about coronavirus so far has been you don't catch it walking past people outside or jogging with people outside that there's just not there's not confirmed cases at like a material level for that the confirmed cases that we're getting are people going to church together people going to bars together concerts like large house parties confined indoor spaces where close contact is sustained for many minutes is is really how people are getting it and so i understand that you know it's it's uncomfortable i get it you know i'm not here to tell you that having a mask on your face is super comfortable you know, i'm not i'm not an idiot uh but you know it, the whole thing, like when we, because we've been, Carolyn and I recently have been slowly starting to like get more comfortable being out in the world. So, yeah. last weekend, this weekend, we've been taking Oliver for like these long walks around the, uh, long walks around the city. Uh, two weeks, uh, a week ago, we were doing, we walked from our place all the way to Fifth Avenue, walked down the 42nd, came back, and so we did like a four mile loop. Uh, and then on Sunday the next day we did a five mile loop and yesterday we did a six mile loop and so we're just like being out in the world away from our little like four or five block radius uh, but you're right the number of people that are wearing masks unfortunately I feel like it's uh, it's definitely like a uh, the issue here is like optics most people out right now don't have it i get that but it's hard to trust strangers when you have no interaction with them and no sense of whether or not they are or are not safe and so if the easiest way to to just be safe in the community right now is to wear a mask properly then do it you know i know that they've said that oh you know it's safe to jog and nobody catches it when you're jogging and you're like running past somebody that's fine i hear that and as a runner i would love 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 to run without a mask but the fact of the matter is people spit when they run people cough when they run people are inhaling and exhaling at a greater rate and it's really hard in the park in my park central park to run in a way that doesn't have a lot of people I'm either bobbing and weaving between people. I'm caught behind people. There's people walking. Uh, and so I still feel like it's just safer to wear a mask right now. And does it make, does it hurt me sometimes? Sure. I mean, I remember wearing, like, we have, we have, like, six different kinds of masks. We keep buying these new masks to see, like, which ones are nice. Uh, the one that I like the most, like, this is a, a paper one because it's the thinnest, but it's, like, it feels the most secure. Right. The other ones are, like, just made of cotton, so it just, like, it's a heavier thing on your face, especially in the summertime when it's, uh, like, I walked all over and I was wearing, like, one of the cloth masks that we bought. It was just, like, it's really, uh, it's really uh, pretty oppressive, you know? Yeah. But I was running, and, like, around three miles, you know, I'm just trying to get my 5Ks in at a three-mile mark. It just felt like, the because it was a paper mask the 
the paper had obviously gotten soaked because of my sweat. Yep. And then it stuck to my mouth. And so it's like really hard to breathe in. And I've, I'll see people like yank their masks down and like suck in these massive right. breaths and exhale. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to stop my run. I'm going to go off to the side. I'll keep my mask on and just like ride out this like uncomfortable 10 seconds. And I think people are just so selfish. And I think it's really what it comes down to. I've got friends that are like, I, I just, I hate wearing masks. I don't want to wear masks. And it's just like, I, I frankly don't care what you want to do. Like, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to pay taxes. <laughs> but but we do it for the greater good. You know what I mean? You just want to stay home and play like, video games all day. Exactly. Like, if I could just, like, wake up, like, not walk the dog, play video games, have food delivered to me for free. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. Like, but I'm also an adult and realize that. You got responsibilities. You know, you got duties and I don't, you're also right. taking you also take on like you you do things like work not just not not necessarily because you well yes part of the, of the maybe the biggest reason is so that you can sustain yourself support a family you know secure your secure your financial future however there's also there's also a party that enjoys it like i like what i do that doesn't mean that i enjoy doing it every single day like i i enjoy the day-to-day of it but the great mm-hmm. the, on the on the greater whole of it all i do enjoy what i do but yeah some days it'd be nice to just kick back, put my feet up and chill and do nothing. But we're adults and we understand that that's a responsibility. Yeah. And I feel like people have gotten about, fatigued yeah. with it all. You know, it's, well, yeah, it's we're, we're going on four months now of yeah. of social distancing, wearing masks, working from home, staying home, you know, staying away from other people. I think people are just tired of it. And I mean, that's not to say that people in Europe had to keep their lights off for like a week or two like nah that shit that that was that was months years um but yeah people people have clearly gotten tired of it and people want to get back out there thing is like if you don't want to wear a mask for example then maybe you shouldn't be going out as often as you go out you know like if it's uncomfortable then then do things that don't require masks basically like that's 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 about all i could say the only recommendation i can give on that it's uh I mean, I've got, it's just really unfortunate. And I think what's, I've, I'm certainly very thankful and lucky because I have experienced what it's like to wear a mask when there wasn't a coronavirus in a society that is totally okay with mask wearing. Yeah. You know, in, in Asia and in China, mask wearing is a very standard part of life. And they don't wear it because of coronavirus. I mean, now they do, but the original intention was there's either a lot of smog and you want to keep that out of your mouth or you are sick and you want to prevent other people from getting sick. Yep. I, I think people forget that, like... That's a really noble like version, one, by the way. Right. I mean, most people do that for that reason. So, like, if you're coughing and it's caught in the mask you feel much more comfortable knowing that like, oh, this person didn't just open mouth cough on a crowded train. Right. You know, if it was six months ago, that'd be a ma- massive annoyance. Nowadays, that could be seen as a, as a bio attack. Yeah. You know, what gives this one person the right to effectively uh, commandeer the lives of so many people? I, I signed up, I, I subscribed to this subreddit. It was a uh, COVID-19 positive. And what's really disappointing and frustrating and depressing is people are getting shamed for getting COVID. 
Yeah, I see. now it depends on it depends on how you get COVID. It, it, is my mind like if you're if you're one of those people that and this is like a super double standard, so I'm trying to recognize that. But like if you're one of those people that like flock to the beaches early and it's like a packed beach and you got COVID, it's like that might be on you. Right, right. But if if you got COVID, like because you're going to grocery socially, stores, yeah, and then. Or, like, you got COVID because your company forced you to go back into work if you work in a state that, uh, you know, open up early. And then, you ha- you know, you got it on the way to work. You got it at work. You got it near work. And now you have to shut – you essentially have to report that you're positive. And then your coworkers are all upset at you. It's like, well, we're, we're all out here. Right. You know, uh, for a second there, like – you know, I, I know people whose like parents had to be forced to go back into work, and they were really nervous going in. They're like, well, we've been able to do our work super okay from home. I don't have to commute an hour each way. I don't have to be stuck in a car every day. I can work longer for you. But no, you're forcing me to go into the office. And then when you go into the office, you're like, oh, we're still on top of each other. Like, can you imagine how like disorienting that's got to be right now? I feel like a lot of us are. I know myself for sure, like getting somehow the mindset back to it's okay to be in public. It's okay to be bumping shoulders yeah, yeah, yeah. with people. It's and like I'm not there yet. I'm 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 trying really hard, but I'm not there yet. I'm gonna quickly share this image with you, and maybe I can remember to add it to the um, the podcast description. But it's it's um, from this article. Some one of my coworkers shared it with us all, and it shows. A, I, I guess a, a tracing of it's from medium but I think it comes from a paper uh, it shows how they traced some COVID infections I believe in in China yeah so some one of the some of the earlier cases of of us uh, spreading the infection so I'm sending it to you in slack right now and it shows yep. it shows um so I just sent the link and if you scroll down there's uh there to like section two COVID proof the restaurants. There's an image where with like a bunch of tables A B C D E and F and then some circles some circled like letters A one, A three. So A one was the first person who tested positive for for COVID at this uh, of of people who who went to this restaurant at this specific oh, wow. time. And so you can see like why they say social distancing may not be enough because if you see the air conditioner so. First of all, A1, the person in the middle of the restaurant, was the first person to test positive. You could see the various people who were sitting at his table, members of his family. I think they had recently traveled from Wuhan. Mm -hmm. And so he tested positive uh, January 24th. The other people at his his table started testing positive about a week or so later. But then there were other people on like very different ends of the restaurant who were much further than six feet away from him who technically may have come within six feet, but – for all intents and purposes, we'll assume that they probably didn't, at least for any you know lengthy period of time, that also tested positive. And what they found is that the circulation of the air within the restaurant itself, so the air conditioning is on the far right side of the restaurant, and there's an exhaust fan on the far left side of the restaurant, only the people who were within that direct flow of the AC tested positive. The people on the opposite end of the restaurant did not test positive for COVID, despite the fact that some of them we're in close proximity to people at that same table who tested positive, that table A. And so the, what I keep thinking 
and I talked, I know we've talked about it before, but I keep thinking how at like how conflicted I am. I feel, I almost feel like, yeah, we've been, I've been, if I keep doing things the way that I've been doing, I can keep it, I can keep away from it because I haven't test, I haven't gotten it yet. As far as I'm aware, um, nobody in my close family has gotten it. So like, if we keep doing things the way that we're doing, we'll be safe. But, and, oh, and especially since it's like, okay, when cases, you know, not cases are falling, but people, states are opening back up. They know stuff, right? They're, they're in communication with the scientists. And then, and then I look at New York times with like every day. I love, I love like the graphics and the way that New York times has been able to break it down where you can see like the 14 day average or just the cases day by day that have been reported. And you can see if they're increasing, decreasing or remaining the same, like state by state and even county by county. And I start to look at that and I'm like, but there's still cases here. Or even cases are popping up more here, which means that some people have gotten infected and they're spreading it to one another. It's not it's not completely contained. And like there's I'm, I'm at odds with like the just kind of autopilot side of my brain and like the logical side of my brain. Mm-hmm. And then again, I look at like I look at images like 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 what we just talked about. And I think there's no way that restaurants and even stores like None of these places, these establishments that you're going to are completely taking into consideration cases like this, where if somebody at your restaurant has COVID, what is the airflow in your restaurant like? Because despite the fact that you put your tables even 10 feet apart, that might not be enough because that person might be sitting right next to the AC and spreading it to everybody who's who's in that path of the AC because they just breathe. You know, you're sitting at a restaurant you're you're not you don't have a mask on so all those virus particles are out there uh you like amc got a lot of shit for saying that they weren't going to require masks at state in states where mask you know masks just weren't required and they they quickly reversed the policy saying masks are now going to be required all of their locations that are opening but they make most of their money from concession sales. They don't make that much money from right. the sales of the sale of movie tickets. So if I got it, if right. I, if I want, if I decide, hey, I want to go to a movie, but I have to wear my mask, why would I buy popcorn? Unless I plan on just basically just removing the mask or keeping it, you know, like at my chin, <laughs> so I could eat the popcorn the whole time. I'm not going to buy popcorn because I can't really eat it there. So they're going to be losing out on money, and just like I again, I don't. I don't have complete faith that these companies or these these businesses are going to be able to take into consideration these 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 diagrams, these these uh, bits of science, like the whole anti-intellectualism in this country, like the anti-science. It's not just okay. Well, I don't really understand, so I'm not going to trust. But it's like they said this, and f- you know, screw them. <laughs> I don't like what they said, or they're not that smart, or whatever that whatever the case is. I'm going to do the opposite. That's been really, that's really frustrating. It's like when people are actually saying wear masks for, you know, reasons X, Y, and Z, and you don't want to listen to it. You don't want to hear it because it's uncomfortable or you think that they're just dumb or you think it's all a hoax. That's really frustrating to hear because there's nothing that you can do or say that really gets that person back. The, that, I think that nails it or hits the nail right on the head. Uh, we have really smart people just like also uh, engaging in this anti-intellectualism, anti-science position. And I was literally just talking about that last night with Carolyn. We were, we're watching this uh, 
documentary sort of series. It's kind of a documentary. I don't know how you really talk about it. It's called Lennox Hill on Netflix. Uh, It follows these doctors, these two main doctors at the Lennox Hill Medical Group. Uh, He does like cardiovascular and like cancer. These two different uh, people, doctors, they do this kind of surgery. And then they do a really good job of showing you like the surgery in progress. So you see like people, like they're in people's heads. They're like, they also follow an OBGYN nurse, uh, two of them. And one of them who's actually pregnant, like they, they you see the C-section. Yeah. And you know how like normally with a C-section, there's like a, almost like a, like a, not a tarp, but like a, like a covering, you know? So like you, like you're the, the partner and the mother are like on one side of the tarp. Whereas, like, that, uh, the face area. But behind the tarp, like, your belly is cut open. There's a guy with almost, like, not a crank, but, like, a handle who's, like, pulling back the top of the skin. And somebody goes in with two hands, like, like, yanks the beam. And when you see this, and it's like, think about this, though. This is all science. This is all technology. Like, imagine all of the... Uh, these like really intricate but now routine like surgeries for like crazy cancers, right? You know, like if you were to be like, I, I don't believe in this shit. It's like that is uh, you're, there is such a disconnect from reality that it's really scary. Because are you like just denouncing or unwilling to believe that six, seven billion people aren't able to push the world forward in a way where we can now do things? that we couldn't before like are we just gonna go back and be like you know what i don't mind that thousands of kids die from rubella mumps spanish flu uh all this stuff like let's just fuck uh vaccines like we don't need that shit anymore yeah it's just just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's out to get you and just because you don't understand it but somebody else does doesn't mean that they're there to try to put you down it's just that they devoted their life to that study just like you devoted your life to something else exactly that's how, like, that's how, like, the whole, like, it takes a village concept works. Like, you're there doing what you do to push that far further. I'm here doing what I'm doing to push this further so that if you ever need something that I've worked on, I can be like, you know what? You don't have to start from square one. We're already on square, like, 10,000. Let me just give you the answer, and yep. you can meet us here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 100%. It's very interesting how we especially when when something doesn't concern your day-to-day life you just kind of let those people do their thing you get to take advantage of of whatever findings and whatever findings they were able to make when it actually comes to impact you you know if it's if it's like on a much smaller scale you're not talking about in the news it's you know whether you have you need surgery or you need some type of treatment you trust the doctor to, to make the to, to prescribe you something or to perform surgery on you to to help you out but yeah, on something like a large scale like this, when all the spotlights on them, especially I guess when you have conflicting information coming out, I mean that's just kind of the that's that's the uh, that's the nature of the beast. This is there's so there's so much that we don't know about everything, and you're kind of finding it out with everyone else. So when some when one person when one study comes out and says one thing, and another study comes out and says another thing, that's kind of how it goes. But you're oblivious to that to that to that fat when it's not on the news every single day. But like, I'm not a plumber, right? 
So if a plumber came to my house and started and, and told me that the reason my sink was clogged was for reason X, I guess it's up to me to say, you know what? I don't believe you. But like, how what, what would the plumber think if I was like, yeah, I don't believe you. The sink's not clogged. The sink's not clogged for that reason. Like, but but it is. I mean, are you are you a plumber? That's that's right here. Like, it just seems. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I guess because it's so complicated, it's so complicated, and you're not going to take the time to get to that. Like you said, you're starting on square one. You're not going to take the time to 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 work through to get to the step that they're at to finally see and be like, oh, okay, it's clear now. I really understand why. I really understand why this is the way it is. It's 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 just much easier, and I guess emotionally, given that people don't really want to believe the 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 severity of our reality, that it's easier to just try to ignore it, and especially if you don't have somebody close to you or people close to you that are being affected by it. I mean, I still don't know too many people. Like, I don't think I know anybody who's who's died to COVID. However, I know people who've gotten it, but the number of people that I know that have gotten it is still pretty low, given the cases that that there are across the world and so i think maybe some people feel like that like oh i don't live in i don't live in a hot pocket like new york city or even the state of california now with the number of cases that are popping up there and so maybe people just feel like it's not that severe or it's not that real because they're not affected by it personally and that's the always the unfortunate thing is it takes a lot before some people finally will be like oh okay wait let me put my mask on because this is unsafe right right i mean i i read that with the nfl and you think the nfl has some of the like most fit people on the planet the fact that you're playing the nfl you're probably the top one percent of the one percent and now there are 10 teams with at least one player that has an active covid case i didn't know that now the nfl's plan up until this point has been to pretend that covid's not a thing uh and that when training camp starts we'll be all okay and then somehow the season will still start in september there's now grumblings that the nfl season will have to be canceled because there's just the nfl teams there's 52 players on a final roster so that is 104 players, not including training staff, not including coaches, not including everyone else, right. referees, yep. ball boys, all those line markers. Camera crew. Cruise. Camera crew. Yeah. So I don't know how you play with that many people. At least with the NBA, it's a little bit more contained because it's, ten, what, 10 people on a team. Uh, so there's like a way to like bubble that a little bit. But you can't have, what, 30 teams or is it 32 teams times 54 or 52 times all that stuff to, to play in a league but i was reading that von miller got it von miller you know super bowl mvp one of the best uh pass rushers of our time he has asthma so that that is mm-hmm. uh, a thing that, that that makes it more susceptible to get it but he said that when he had covid it felt like his lungs were shutting down on him and that it didn't like the his inhaler helped, but he could tell that like his lungs were getting weaker in real time. And he goes, "That's a very scary thing to to feel like you could go to bed and then wake up in the middle of the night because your lungs have just stopped working. You had to rush to the hospital." This is a a Super Bowl MVP pass rusher. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, th- this this isn't a weak guy. And if Von Miller is scared, 
that he, when he got COVID, how bad it was. Like, what makes you think you're gonna kick it? You know, it's the it's the randomness of this disease that is so terrifying in my mind. You have really unhealthy people, really old people getting it and surviving. And then you have people that are like personal trainers that are marathon runners. People that you'd argue are really healthy, no pre-existing conditions, get it and die almost immediately. Yeah. So there's so much of this that we still don't know. Yeah. That it's really scary to be like, well, if I get it, it'll be fine. It's like, yeah, you can play the numbers game and the numbers are in your favor right now. But it's almost like if you, I don't know, if I, if I told you, Reza, that we're going to play a game, there's a hundred options in this and 99 of them are okay, but one of them, you'll die. Are you playing that game? <laughs> go, go like Michael Jordan. Depends on how bad, it depends on what, what, what was his quote? <laughs> depends yeah, right, on how right. bad the sickness is or something. Yeah. So um, what if sickness is death? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. So, so, because it feels like it feels like people will still try to compare this to like the flu. They're like, okay, well, people, a lot of people get the flu every year, right? And a lot of people, and and the flu get the flu sucks, but the flu, the 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 flu being around does not affect my desire to go outside or my desire to go to work or go to restaurants or anything like that. But people are definitely spreading it without wearing masks. So I think that's how people think about it. Um. But the level, the the level, the ability of this thing to just infect everybody is unreal. And the the concern is if any single person is infected, then they're giving it to everybody else. And again, while it might not be killing people who are like 30 and below at any greater um, proportion than those who get the flu at that same age, it's absolutely devastating the older population. You know, people like 40, 50, 60 and above and also people with with um not pre-existing conditions but i guess any condition with with respiratory or even cardiovascular links and so the concern is with how easy it is to give it to people and especially how long it stays with you it it's going to absolutely devastate hospitals it's going to devastate these populations these local populations as soon as just like if i'm imagining if anybody in, in uh like my local shop right were to show up with it the amount of people that are going to get it after they leave and like i i can't i, I don't know how long it's going to take before they find out that they have it to then transmit that information to me so think about all the people that you interact with even with your social distancing on a day-to-day basis and how long it would take for you to realize that you've probably spread this or you could have spread this to how many different people like it's a scary thought like the flu, the flu does infect, but I don't think it infects with this, with with as great of a, an ability as as COVID. I don't want to speak too confidently about this because I don't. I'm not an epidemiologist. I don't know all these all the, right. the the facts and numbers. I know that COVID that, that this coronavirus is more infectious, but I don't know how much more. Um, but it just seems like people. I guess people are just in such a rush to get back to the normal thing. They just feel like it's whatever the, the, by, by putting such a spotlight on the numbers of deaths, we're overblowing things because if you were to put a spotlight on the, on the deaths of flu, it would look, it would be pretty high and pretty, it would be pretty concerning, but we don't react the same to the flu. But yeah, just like you said, it's devastating. Like it sucks. 
<laughs> it really does suck to get this thing. And it's re- it's I, I still really wonder which of these seasons, these professional sports seasons are actually going to happen, especially with all these cases popping up in, in Florida and the Orlando area. And, and that's where the NBA chose to do their their uh, it's a, it's like a three month thing for the longest team. I think the shortest that any team would be there would be like a month and a half. So the, the, they're like a regular season games. They're going to be going on for quite a while. Again, like and like these people are going to be locked down. They can't really do anything. You're not going to you're not going to show up to this Disney campus and, and then all of a sudden be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to Disney World today. Like you can't really do that. So it would suck a lot. And then, yeah, you're still not completely isolated. You're not still com- you're still not completely safe from this thing. So and, and yeah, NFL. 104 people, 104 players per game showing up, plus officials, camera crews, everybody else. I don't know, man. It doesn't seem like it seems because like, imagining I'm imagining at what point would they realize like if a player were to get this thing, at what point do they realize that the player has it? How many people do you think they could they could spread it to? Like how often are they right. are they testing everybody? I know that right. despite the whole like early on when uh rudy gobert tested positive for it i think they used oh man up, that feels like a billion years i know ago. that's when that's when it finally became like serious for a lot of people but when they tested positive for it they, it was oklahoma city playing uh U, the utah jazz and they were playing they were playing in oklahoma city i believe and i think uh, they locked down the players they locked down like all you know all the the coaches and players that were there and they tested everybody and I think in that single night they used up like, what was it like half of the supply of tests of COVID like a quarter, tests yeah. a quarter for the entire state for the entire state of Oklahoma, just for those few people. Now I know that the that that tests are much more common now, but I still don't I don't know if it's if it's it would be concerning to be testing everybody like what multiple times a day, once a day, however many times they're going to do it. Just seems it seems tough, and. Yeah, you might have the money to do it, but is it is it the is it the socially proper thing to do? Yeah, it's it's going to be a crazy world without sports. You know, the idea that people need something to focus their attention on to blow off steam, right? Yeah, and there are many, many, many examples of this throughout history of like the whole concept of bread and circuses that whole concept in Rome where the Roman leaders said if you as long as you give people bread and circuses to divert their attention away then you can sort of do whatever you want to do I think that's also a reason why the whole Black Lives Matter movement this time around has been so effective is because there's there's no bread there's no circuses there's no no one's doing anything and so when you see something like this happen it's like all right well we're all in it now that's why like to your point how often can you test? A lot of these concerns are, are also what players are saying. You know, do is it is it the right time to play? Not only from a socioeconomic and political perspective, but also a health perspective. Because what is the guest policy? You know, is that AC bit that you shared in the Medium article from the Atlantic? Are we going to turn off the AC in these gyms? Are we going to play in bubble gyms? How am I going to prevent the transportation from the game location back to the hotel without incident there's like so many 
so many variables that just increase the opportunity to get infected and it's, it's it's tough now i know these people want to play i would love to have them play right so it, wouldn't you agree that there's nothing better than just like turning on the game and it's live yeah, sports yeah it would be great I, I can't watch that. these older games because you know you know the outcome <laughs> I know the outcome yeah you know the outcome it's not it's like, not really meaningful like it might be right. a really good game might be entertaining but meaning it doesn't mean anything to the to the stakes of who's going to win the championship because yeah we already know the we already know the outcome of it right so i would love though i mean the the thought that the nfl season could be canceled is devastating but super okay you know like am I, you know how much fun i have playing fantasy football every year yeah it's like the fantasy football draft is my christmas it it's so much fun to play fantasy football i, I devote a, a too large a majority of my attention and focus for those four months to fantasy football i've my body has been trained so that on wednesdays during the fantasy football season it wakes up <laughs> automatically at three o'clock why because that is when waivers clear <laughs> so i can pick people up because i know there are people in my league reza that wake up at five o'clock because they have to get to work on time before everyone had to commute and then i have had people snatch out from under me because i woke up late and there's been like a flurry of activity in the morning but if i wake up at three o'clock the second they clear it's my pick yeah that's how much I'm devoted to this. And I play for a not a small sum of money. It's, I'm a commissioner in three leagues. I do write-ups for these leagues. Like You can, you know the level of passion that I have for it. Am I going to be devastated? Yes. Well, I understand. Absolutely. There are other things we can do. It's not like football will never be played again. The, the show must go on and life will go on and keep calm and carry on. You know? Yeah. So. Uh, I wanted to really quickly bring up t- uh, two things. Uh, sort of a sort of a small aside, and maybe we can we can close out on this. But okay. my company, Updater, uh, you know, has come out unequivocally that they condemn racism and police brutality and support the black community in the fight against systemic racial injustice. You know, this is in writing. We're very happy. Our CEO gave a, a whole thing. We have, like, every week, we have an all-hands on Mondays. And this was said. Now, you know, I've donated quite a bit of money to friends who had organizations that matched. And we're a small company. Unfortunately, we had to let a lot of people go at the beginning of the pandemic. So I sort of understood that, like, while it would be really nice for our company to, like, do a match, we're also not financially healthy enough to do that right right you sort of have to you sort of have to be reasonable i think at a certain point well right now companies decide to match um now there's two there's sort of two ways to go about it you need to donate to move for hunger which is an organization whose uh whose mission is to fight hunger reduce food waste um and they're saying that, you know, hunger is a racial equality issue here. You know, black households experience hunger at more than twice the rate of white households. Um, now, our company has made a $10,000 donation to this new initiative, uh, which is they're, they're trying to 
they're trying to create this initiative that like educates people on the issues, providing a voice for minority-owned partners and collaborating with them to tackle systemic sort of racial injustice. So there's 10K to that. Um, they're also saying that if we want to individually contribute to Move for Hunger, they will match your donation uh, three to one. Oh, wow. That's great. The other one. So, you know, if, if if food security, which is a very big issue in this country, is something that speaks to you, you know, you feel free to uh, – and I'll put a Instagram post up for us this week um, on this post uh, so that if you want to reach out to me, you can DM me there, and then we can work together offline to, to figure out how you want to donate to that cause. The other two causes that we're donating to. Well, not necessarily the companies donating to, but they're doing a three-to-one match. It is a Black Girls Code and Code Twenty Forty. Uh, both these organizations specifically focus on educating Black students and other students and professionals of color to prepare them for jobs in the tech sector. You know, the technology industry is predominantly white, predominantly male. That's not that's not news. Uh, so people of color are historically underrepresented. So these two organizations, Black Girls Code and Code 2040, uh, their mission is to address that, uh, to arm young uh, black students and professionals of color uh, to, to be very good candidates for, for jobs. Unfortunately, there's a lot of, um, what's it called? privilege working in the tech sector because you normally have to you know grow up with a computer in the home yeah. you have to grow up with internet in the home you have which is not something that you can or you know high speed internet things that you cannot assume everyone has equal access to yeah uh you have to go to a good school you know people say that like you know i remember people even even white uh colleagues of mine when trump got elected way back when they're like oh you know just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. If you work, you know, in a heavy industry job or a job that's getting automated, you know, your job, what you should just do is go to your local community college and learn how to code. And then you can become uh, an engineer and, this, you know, Facebook will hire you. It's like, well, I think there's a really big break from reality there because just because like you quit your job. So how do you make money? How do you support your family, feed your kids? Yeah. How do you pay? How do you pay rent? How do you pay for utilities? So let's say you do have enough saved up. You know the whole like, well, if you don't buy coffee every day, then you'll have saved up enough money and then your rainy day fund. Yada yada yada. Just I love it when people say that because you turn it on them. It's like, well, you know, what about my stimulus check? You know, there's like, anyways, I don't, I don't get that kind of hypocrisy there. But so then you do go to a, your local, you know, night school or community college and you learn how to code. And, and, and even let's just say you have a world class person teaching you so you become incredibly proficient and a great candidate unfortunately a lot of these large companies aren't looking for you if you don't have a stanford background like a like a blue like a blue chip school background or you have like 10 years of experience not everyone has the access to that so i wanted to call out that privilege there for working in the technology industry and so that's why again black girls code and this other organization, Code 2040, uh, they're specifically focused on educating black students and uh, other black professionals, you know, professionals of color to prepare them for jobs in the tech sector. And 
updater is matching donations to those organizations three to one as well. And so I'm going to be donating to Black Girls Code. Uh, I'll also be donating to Code 2040. Uh, if you are interested in donating to Black Girls Code or Code 2040, uh, you can feel free to reach out to us. I'll again put uh, an Instagram post up with directions and, and a call out to all this. Uh, and so if you want to DM me just, just or DM to them and you want your uh, match to be met, hit me up. And then I'll, I'll work out a way. Or maybe you Venmo me. I send an email and I send you like a, a screenshot of the confirmation that I received it or something. Just so you don't feel like I'm pocketing your money. Um, I just wanted to call that out real quick. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll wrap right. up here. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Well, I'm Raza. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. See you guys next week. Everybody have a happy Father's Day. Thank you.